0: You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Let's get to the part of the Christmas story that most of us skip over. Why don't you go to Matthew chapter 1 with me and let's begin in verse 1. Last week we were in Matthew chapter 1, we started in verse 18. And so let's do something we rarely do. Let's go back and let's go backwards. Matthew chapter one, verse one should be pretty uh, easy for you to find. The very first book in the New Testament, chapter one, verse one, the part of the Christmas story we too often skip over or run through in haste. Matthew one, one, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David the son of Abraham. Let's stop. Why is it that that Matthew would list those two people in particular, David and Abraham? Uh, we see this about to be an entire story of the genealogy of, of Christ, and those two men, their names are going to be in the genealogy list already. Uh, why would it be that those Old Testament names, those two Old Testament names, would be kind of pulled out here in verse 1 as, as being special? Here's, here's the, the first thing. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Back in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God has come to Abraham and said, from you, from your offspring, will come one that will bless the nations, will bless all the nations. So Jesus, he is that offspring of Abraham because Christ is the blessing of every follower of Christ in every nation. Christ is the blessing to all the nations. Jesus also is the fulfillment of God's promise to David. Back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, this is what God says to David. When your days are done, or when your days are fulfilled, when your life is over, I will raise up an offspring after you. He will come from you, and I will establish my throne with him forever. So Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promise to David, now, let's continue to read here. Let's start over verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And Judah the father of Perez, and Sarah by Tamar, and Perez the, the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram. And Ram the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon who, weirdly enough, always wanted to swim upstream. The father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, which is Bathsheba. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. And Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. And Abijah, the father of Asaph. And Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Sheothiel, and Sheothiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abiud, and Abihu, the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim, the father of Azor, and Azor, the father of Zaduk, and Zaduk, the father of Achim, and Achim, the father of Eliud. And Eliud, the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar, the father of Mathan, and Mathan, the father of Jacob. And here we come. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. In the, thank you. In the genealogy, <laughs> we see, I will not do that again. That was, I've done it <laughs> twice now. In the genealogy, we see three things. So for you note takers, I I think this might be worthy for you to write somewhere in your Bible near the Gospel of Matthew, somewhere near the Christmas narrative, near the genealogy. Because in this genealogy, we see three things. Number one, Jesus is connected to a long line of humanity. Thus, he connects to humanity is from this long line of humanity Matthew just listed for us I just read to you 42 names because Christ is connected to this long line of humanity Christ is connected to humanity and this may be the most obvious thing I say in all of 2020 all 42 of those names are people not angels not mythological characters not bots, not God himself. In fact, verse 17 kind of us in a little bit more, that this was 14 generations, if you will, of people from Abraham to David. 14 generations of people from David to Babylonian captivity. 14 generations of people from Babylonian captivity to Jesus. In other words, Jesus has linked himself to humanity. Jesus has united himself to us second thing we can see from this genealogy Jesus is related to broken people thus relates to broken people those 42 names are some very faithful names in there but also some very faithless ones in that list I just read of the ancestors of Jesus the genealogy of Jesus there's an adulterer in that list a liar in that list a dysfunctional father on this list a prostitute on the list, a doubter on this list, a wicked king on this list, a thief, a political divider, an idol worshiper on this list. It's a long list of broken people, just the people Jesus came for. Now, let, me, let me wrap up Christmas in seven words for you. Here it is. Jesus came from those he came for. Thank you. Terrible grammar. I understand that. English teachers, I apologize. You're breaking out into hives right now with a sentence that ends with a preposition, but it is astute theologically. Jesus came from those he came for. So good news. If you're a liar or an idolater, or you came from a dysfunctional family, or you are the dysfunction in the family, if you're a doubter, If you have done wicked things, if you're faithless, if you're a divider, if you're a thief, if you're broken, Jesus came for you. He came for me to forgive us and to to make us new. Jesus understands broken people. He relates to everyone in the house today. He relates to everyone who's watching online today. Jesus gets us. He's related to broken people, therefore he relates to broken people. Thirdly, Jesus is from real people with real names, thus is real in history. This list right here we just read, this long list of 42 people, shows us that the birth of Jesus is not a fairy tale, but a true story. The New Testament does not start off once upon a time, but with a family tree with a heritage, with genealogy, with Ancestry.com, before there was a .com. These are names from history. Some of these names are found in archaeological discoveries. Many of these names are still revered around the world today. Real people with real names. The family tree of Jesus gives this weighted validity to the reality of Jesus himself. He stepped out of heaven into our history. Jesus is from real people. We see this with real names. We see this. Thus, he himself is real in history. So what unique name of Jesus are we going to look for together today and discover together today in in Matthew's gospel writing of the Christmas narrative? What is the unique name of Jesus? What is this this name that brings so much hope? Let me give you a few hints. Back in verse 16, it says, Joseph, husband of Mary, of whom... Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Now, last week, if your Bible's still open, we looked at Saul, verse 18. It said, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Verse 18 also says, she was found to be with child. Verse 21, she will bear a son. Verse 23, bear a son. Verse 25, she had given birth to a son, chapter 2, verse 1, we haven't even read that yet. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Here's the bigger hint Jesus didn't just magically appear, he was born, he was birthed by Mary. He made the journey down the birth canal just as you and I made a journey down a birth canal. I hope you picked up the seven times that Matthew mentions this in this very first Christmas story. Here it is. Hope has a name. It is Jesus, Son of Man. Last week we saw Jesus, Son of God. Today we need to look together that Jesus is the Son of of man, And if you were to walk through the gospel of Matthew this week and look for every time that phrase was used, you would find it 29 times referencing Jesus. If you went through the next gospel, the gospel of Mark, you would find it there 14 times. Uh, the gospel of Luke, you'd find it 26 times. The gospel of John, you'd find it 13 times. And here's something I learned this week that I've never read before. Only one person called Jesus the son of man, and it was Jesus. No one else called him that. 82 times in the gospel, far more frequent than any other name he identified as, Christ called himself the son of man. Why would that be? Because by using this title, Jesus identifies himself with the people he came to save. Like the rest of us, like everyone in this room, Jesus is an offspring of Adam. Adam. In fact, when Luke does the exact same thing, does the genealogy of Jesus, he actually traces Jesus all the way back to Adam, which means that Jesus is our brother, which is why I think Jesus over and over again, again, 82 times more than any other name he gave himself, called himself the Son of Man because he received his human body from Mary. And as the Son of Man, Jesus understands what it means to be human. So last week, divine, Jesus, Son of God. Today, human and both of these things are true as the son of man in fact you can go all through the gospels and see kind of over and over again how these two things come together it's it, it's the union of of 100 divinity and 100 percent humanity so we see jesus as the son of man and the son of god all throughout the gospels for instance he was birthed son of man but he exists eternally son of god He grew tired, we see this in the gospel, son of man, but he was also all-powerful, son of God. He was hungry, he longed for food, son of man, and yet he also is the bread of life for everyone here today, son of God. He died, son of man. He conquered death, son of God. He returned to heaven, son of man. He is with us in this place at this very moment, Jesus, son of God. So he is both the son of man, And the Son of God. But his humanity matters. You may not have walked in here today to this gathering at Highland and thought, I wonder why the humanity of Jesus matters. We're about to find out together. It does matter. Let me tell you this morning, as we continue to see what God's word says to us, a few reasons why the humanity of Jesus truly does matter. Here's the first thing. Because now the personality of God Is personalized. The mysterious character, the mysterious heart of God is now personalized. We can now know God by knowing Jesus. This is why Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 9 if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So Jesus is God relatable, Jesus is God knowable, Jesus is God personified. Everything you would ever want to know about God, you will find in Jesus. So Jesus, the Son of Man, put on skin to make God known on earth. Why does the humanity of of Jesus matter? Here's the second reason. Because now, Jesus, in Christ, we have an example on how to live our lives. There's now a pattern for us, not a mysterious spirit that is otherly only, but we now have in Christ an example on how we can live our lives, how you can live your life tomorrow morning, Monday morning. We now have an example because of the humanity of Christ. It does matter on how we can live our lives. We can look to Jesus, Son of Man, and see how all of us in this house are to love one another and serve and quickly forgive others. And show mercy. We know that by following. If you will. The footprints of Jesus. We know to do this. Because we can follow his example. His earthly example. But not only just to love mercy. And to show mercy. And to serve others. We also can see by the pattern of Jesus. How to live life with truth. And in purity. And in righteousness. And in holiness. Jesus is our example. As the son of man, we can pattern our lives as well. As daughters of man, as sons of men in this room, we also, we can pattern our lives after Jesus, son of man. Thirdly, why does the humanity of Jesus matter? Because now Jesus can sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, he, he it's not just he understands them in his mind, he feels them in his heart. Jesus now sympathizes with our weaknesses because he has put on flesh because he has lived this life as, as, as humanity with flesh on as Jesus son of man Jesus understands all that it means to be weak in our flesh Jesus understands what it means to be needy Jesus even understands what it means to be tempted by sin in fact that the author of Hebrews gives us this very clearly Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 you see on the screen for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one in Christ who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So how are you tempted to sin this past weekend? Jesus was tempted in the same way. How are you tempted to sin this past semester, this past year? And I know Sunday mornings can be rough sometimes. How, how are you tempted this morning? Whatever various ways would be offered up in this room... Of how you have been tempted, Jesus has been tempted in the same way. Let's just take that a little bit further. Every moment of loneliness you've had this past year, Jesus has experienced that as well. Every incident in your life where you have felt betrayed or you were betrayed, Jesus understands betrayal also. Every time you have felt weak in your life, Jesus has experienced that, has felt that, understands that also. Jesus sympathizes With our weaknesses. Again, not just a cognitive thing in in Jesus' mind that he thinks he might understand what we might be going through. He knows it. He sympathizes with the weakness of humanity. Here's the fourth one. We often forget about this, especially as we consider this tiny little baby. Here's the fourth reason why the humanity of Jesus matters. Now there's a body for a cross, and now there's blood for forgiveness. Christ had to come in the form of humanity with skin on. The humanity of Jesus matters because now there's a body for a cross. Now there's blood for our forgiveness. We often forget this part of the Christmas story when we consider this beautiful baby boy being born. There would need to be skin on him that would be ripped by the Roman soldiers. There would need to be bones in his tiny little frame that would one day bear his weight on a cross. There would need to be blood flowing through the system of this young little child because one day that blood would flow for our purchase and our forgiveness. Why does the humanity of Jesus matter? Because there has to be a body for the cross. There has to be blood used as a purchasing agent for our rescue and our salvation. So Jesus is meaningful and that's such a small sounding word, consequential ability to sympathize with all of our weaknesses. Anytime again, let me say this, that you have felt weak in life, Jesus understands that. Jesus' meaningful, consequential, overwhelming ability to sympathize with all of us in this place and yet not sin remains spotless, undefiled, sinless means this. Jesus was and is the only one who can both understand us and save us son of god and son of man had he just remained the son of god and perfect in his form he could have rescued us but now that he has become man his humanity matters because he understands us Jesus was and is the only one who can both understand us and save us. Jesus, Son of God. Jesus, Son of Man. Merry Christmas indeed. Would you stand with me, please, as we pray together? God, we thank you for your word. We believe all of it is from you and authoritative. Even the genealogies, God, we were reminded that you come from broken people, therefore you came for broken people. Real names, real people with real stories. Jesus, you are real. You, you are real in history. You are real in our lives. You are real in this place. Your activity is real around the world today. Your humanity matters. Without God with skin on, there would be no cross. There would be no blood. So, Jesus, we praise you. We did last week as the Son of God, perfectly and wholly divine. And we continue to praise you today, perfectly human. Jesus, the Son of Man, you understand us, you sympathize with us. So, we praise you. Our hearts are overwhelmed with thanksgiving today for all, Jesus, Son of Man, you have done. So, we respond. Are singing to you at this time. In Christ, we pray, we sing.